Hello and welcome to the first in a series of new podcasts. Uh, my name is Rowan Turrell. I'm the Head of Dispute Resolution at Boys Turner and I'm joined today by Ali Toe, who is a senior associate in the team who specialises in contentious probate disputes. So that's everything to do with wills and trusts that might go wrong. Um, Ali, could you tell us a bit more about what we're going to be talking about for today's podcast? Yeah, hi Rowan. Um, Today we're going to be talking about the changes that have been introduced uh, regarding execution of wills as a result of the coronavirus pandemic and the potential pitfalls that can occur if a will is not validly executed. Okay, now uh, obviously COVID made a big difference to the way that wills were executed, but tell us what used to happen in terms of execution of wills. So um, currently, under Section 9 of the Wills Act, which has been in existence since 1837, uh, for a will to be valid, it must be in writing, it must be signed by the testator, that's the person making the will, uh, or by some other person by his direction. That must take place in the presence of at least two witnesses who must also sign the will. So that's the current position, and that remains the existing position. Under the amended rules, these requirements have been modified to allow remote witnessing via video conferencing. And so that was obviously brought in at the time when none of us could get together and the prospect of sitting in a solicitor's office um, and actually physically witnessing the will um, couldn't happen during lockdown. Um, So what period of time do these rules cover now that we're out of lockdown? Are they still in place? Yes, so that's right. With the restrictions imposed as a result of the pandemic, including for a long time the need to social distance and for many people shielding, potential difficulties were were caused with ensuring that testators could make valid wills, given the need for the testators and witnesses to be in the same place at the same time. So the new provisions apply to all wills made after the 31st of January 2020 and continue in force until the 31st of January 2022, although there is scope for that to be extended if necessary. So what is the alternative that can now happen then if you're using remote witnessing? So the changes in practice uh, will mean that everybody involved in the execution of the will needs to be present on some form of video conferencing session at the same time. Um, All participants will need to be able to see each other so that they can see the others witnessing the will. And this will also mean that there will have to be a series of video conferencing as each individual will need to sign the original version of the will. So the guidance for the amended legislation suggests that the will can be hand delivered to each of the witnesses and the whole process completed within 24 hours. But I I just think that's unrealistic. Um, In my view, if it was possible for the will to be hand delivered, then it's just as likely the parties could all get together and it could be executed under the current rules um, over a car bonnet or perhaps a garden table. Uh, So in practice, I don't think wills will be hand delivered. And the reality is they'll have to be circulated to each of the participants by way of postal courier. So effectively, you play pass the parcel with the will and it takes some time for it to get around everybody with multiple video calls in the meantime, uh, as each party does their bit with it. Well, yeah, that, that's absolutely right, Rowan. Um, and, and I can see this is going to cause potential enormous problems with executions of wills, um, because in my view, they're going to take at least a week um, and possibly longer to execute. Uh, there's a risk 
that the wheel could be lost in transit, which would mean the process would have to start all over again. And sadly, the testator may even have died before the process could be completed, in which case the will would not be valid. So what other issues can arise from uh, the remote witnessing of wills? Well, for me, there are two other main areas of concern. Uh, one is the question of the testator's capacity to execute a will. If the remote witnessing rules are being used, then it's most likely it also means the testator's contact with their lawyer, assuming a lawyer has been instructed, is also being undertaken via video conferencing. Um, if that's the case, then I would question how the lawyer is supposed to be able to adequately assess the testator's capacity. Normally, this would be done in person, in the lawyer's office, um, or perhaps by way of examination with a medical practitioner. But over a screen, it's surely going to be more difficult for lawyers to be able to satisfy themselves that the testator knows and understands what it means to make a will and the instructions that they are being given. Uh, secondly, and in my view, more importantly, is the question of undue influence. How is the lawyer supposed to assess whether the testator is given instructions of their own free will um, and that the instructions represent their genuine wishes. Uh, for the lawyer knows, there could be somebody else in the room with the testator who cannot be seen on the screen, influencing what they're saying to their lawyer. Uh, so for me, remote witnessing of wills just comes with too many potential risks and should be avoided at all costs. Okay, now you mentioned there, Ali, um, having lawyers involved in the preparation of the, the will, um, but I, I guess we're seeing more maybe people moving away from using a lawyer um, when they're, they're preparing their will. Um, tell me a bit more about that and what some of the issues that can arise um, as a result of not using a lawyer to prepare a will and using, you know, a DIY kit or, or some form of online will. Yeah, well, home wills, um, they have their place um, and in straightforward, uncomplicated estates, uh, they're probably absolutely fine. Um, but in many cases, this won't um, be sufficient. Uh, the, the, the main problem is that usually they follow a standard template, which you can download online. Uh, but if your estate comprises more than assets of, say, just property and, and perhaps some money in the bank, uh, then the template will often not be sufficient to deal with all your assets. Um, also, of course, the lack of legal advice um, uh, can often be a problem. Lawyers are skilled at making sure your will adequately reflects your requirements. Uh, they can also give additional uh, information on matters such as tax planning or other things that you should include in your will, uh, such as guardianship for your children. Um, and they will also undertake a thorough check of all aspects of your instructions, including, um, for example, have you correctly identified your intended beneficiaries? Um, and there was a recent case actually on this point um, of NIPE and the British Races Drivers Motorsport Charity, uh, where the executor had to go to court after Mr. Knipe had died to seek a declaration from the court as to who should inherit his estate because he'd incorrectly named his beneficiary charities in the will. Now, fortunately, in that case, um, the uh, court was able to make sure that the monies were directed to the charities that Mr. Knipe had intended should receive his estate, but that might not always be the case. Um, and lastly, of course, lawyers will always ensure the formalities of the Will Act are complied with. Um, and if this isn't, um, doesn't happen uh, and the will is not executed in accordance with the Wills Act, then as I've already said, um, it would be invalid.
Um, and so what happens, Ali, then, if a will is, is found to be invalid? Um, well, sadly, Rowan, this would mean the will uh, would not be entered into probate. Uh, if the testator had a previous will, then provided that had been validly executed, uh, then this would be entered into probate instead and the estate administered in accordance with that will. If there was no previous will, then the testator would be treated as having died intestate and the estate would be distributed in accordance with the intestacy rules. Now, in practice, what that could mean, and often does mean, is that the estate would not be distributed in the way in which the testator had wanted, and somebody other than who the testator wanted uh, may end up receiving their estate. I guess because the chances are, if somebody was making a new will, it's because they wanted to change a previous will. Uh, exactly right. Um, and so uh, if, if your new will is not valid uh, and the old will uh, is then entered into probate, uh, then that's exactly the right point. What the, whatever the changes were that you wanted uh, to make in relation to the previous will would not have been effected and your estate would pass as per your previous will. So thanks, Ali. That just uh, demonstrates uh, some of the various pitfalls that can occur in relation to uh, the execution of wills, uh, whether that's done remotely uh, or using more traditional methods. Um, could you tell me a little bit more about what we're going to be discussing next time round? Yeah, so next we're going to look in more detail about matters that you should include in your will. So I already touched um, um, a little bit earlier on things like uh, tax planning and guardianship of your children. And we're just going to be talking through that in more detail. That's great. Thanks very much, Ali. Thanks, Rowan. Bye. And uh, thanks to you two for listening uh, to the first in this series of podcasts on wills and probates disputes. Keep an eye out on our website for the next episode, which will be following shortly. Uh, that's boysturner.com. Thank you.